everybody. Welcome back to You Meet in a Tavern Presents Void. Here we go. One-on-one. Episode 15-ish, we're calling it. So, uh, do you want to give us the recap from the last thing you remember? <laughs> yes, I could do that. Um, last thing I remember, we were all together. One big happy family. We um, <clears throat> were fleeing the power plant to get back to Void HQ, and were intercepted by an attack helicopter uh, that we took down easily um, and it crashed to the ground and we soared through the sky in our pelipers and we uh, got to see kind of the lights of the whole region start going out because of this loss of power from the power plant and when we got back to Void HQ everything was insane everybody was running around uh, apparently they knew um, it was us and we rushed in grabbed our shit uh, went to leave and I got paired up with I forget uh, who did I get paired up with I, I got super creative I named her Amelia Amelia that's right Amelia Earhart I got paired up with the uh, the aviator extraordinaire Amelia um, who kind of gave us these pelipers and as we were leaving basically we found out Geneva became the next uh, void leader of that region basically and um the helicopters converged on void hq as we ran away essentially that is bang on that's a much better job than i think i did trying to save tens when i recorded with him so (laughs) um and the thing about that is we recorded like two days after our our (laughs) the episode (laughs) recording so um yeah you're you're spot on um you're spot on so Amelia just quite simply turns to you. All right, you're with me. We're going to take off the west side of Pallet and catch the global air pattern. Should give us a tailwind, bringing us towards Cherry Grove City. From there, we can turn south over the caves and meet up with the others at the Johto Post. Um, and she just starts making her way to the west side of, uh, of Pallet Town. As she kind of gets near what we'd consider the edge of town, Uh, She plucks out a very familiar void uh, Pokeball that you've seen many times over now. Um, And she cracks it open in her hand. And a six-foot winged beast escapes the ball. The Pokemon stretches his wings, revealing a perfect metal sheen that covers its entire body. And your watch fires up. Sweet. Skarmory. Skarmory is entirely encased in hard, protective armor. This Pokemon flies at close to 190 miles per hour. It slashes foes with its wings that possess sword-like cutting edges. She turns. She uh, she looks at you. All right, hop on and hold on. We aren't fighting the wind, so it should be a calm flight. And she kind of takes the front seat. And there are no reins on this Pokemon. Kind of like we're on the Pelipers. Um, she quite literally kind of uh puts her fingers in like the the shoulder sockets to kind of control it um and uh waits for you to hop on yeah uh june following along quickly just trying to get out of dodge uh hops on and just mentions you know to amelia what what is this thing can it handle both of us um as as if skarmory heard your question it rifles into the air and ascents at uh, a, a pace that you haven't experienced before um, and definitely has a little bit more power than uh, than the Pelipper that you've r- have ridden on. Um, you've, you've taken to the skies and you kind of make your way um, west 
over the water. Um, kind of this receding waterline that you had kind of seen from the viaduct when you went south from Pallet um, has receded a little bit, but eventually you cross over kind of where the water had receded to and you're, you're in this uh, wide, wide open sea. Dur- during your flight, however, the, the clouds begin to form and uh, a storm picks up, not not thunder and, and rain, but just heavy winds uh, are picking up. And Amelia is kind of, she's, you, you feel her kind of struggling with, with Skarmory, the body weight of both of you, um, the winds changing. Uh, and, and Amelia yells back over her shoulder, kind of her voice cutting in and out with the wind. The storm is causing the air patterns to change. It's going to get rough. I need to supplement Skarmory by tethering on some Pelipers. I need you to keep Skarmory under control. And with, <laughs> without waiting for you to uh, acknowledge, she, you, you see her kind of whip out a set of reins uh, kind of that you've seen uh, on the Pelipers and begins to kind of use that to make her way uh, down Skarmory's uh, a little bit of a le- elongated neck. To try to, and you, you're not too sure what her plan of action is, but she has now slid to the Skarmory's neck um, mm-hmm. and has put it to you to keep this Skarmory under control. Good. good. Um, I was so good at controlling the Pelipers three episodes ago, so this is great. So, out of the gates, I'm going to need you to do either an athletics or acrobatics check to shift up the bird while these winds are 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 are, are causing turbulence for the Pokemon. Okay. I'm gonna go with acrobatics here, okay? Instead of athletics, if I, if I can. Yep, absolutely. And I guess uh, to explain that, acrobatics is more like a dex-based skill. Um, I don't know how would I explain acrobatics? I guess just maneuvering around Amelia, uh, kind of finding handholds very quickly, as if you know, scrambling along a, a rocky path. And that is a eighteen. Uh, 18 passes fairly uh, fairly easily. Um, you feel maybe uh, maybe your lessons learned from the missteps with the Pelipers before have maybe aided you uh, in this deft maneuver. But you are now up on the Skarmory, and you kind of find your hands find the two spots where you saw Amelia kind of grip the Skarmory. And mm-hmm. give me an animal handling check. Okay. Get plus six. That's a natural one. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> So, as you as you kind of uh, you know, with, without the reins, which were a bit more intuitive, we'll say you kind of get to the to the wing shoulder joints of the Skarmory, and you you made you mimicked a motion of the reins, kind of like pulling up, you know, as the Pelipper would rise is what you're used to, pulling up on the shoulder uh, on the like in the shoulder socket, snaps the the, the Skarmory's wings forward, and it just starts making a buzzing. Uh, path <laughs> downwards, um, taking shit, your, shit, 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 shit. taking your lead, and uh, Amelia slides down, and now she's holding on to the to the Skarmory's neck, but hanging off of it now, and um, she's just shouting, "Get pull!" The others would do the other thing. She's just screaming. I don't, I don't at think you. this thing likes me, Amelia. Uh, give me another animal handling check. Okay, come on, baby. Natural twenty. Okay. The other way around. That's amazing. Uh, you, you. Immediately, with the lack of direction she gives you of do the other thing, <laughs> you intuitively do exactly the other thing. 
Um, <laughs> Whatever that and, is. <laughs> and you just shift your grip a little bit, and the Skarmory you know, throws its wings out and immediately kind of breaks and flies back up, almost as if like an elevator, almost straight up, and catching a good, uh, good pocket of wind and is able to stabilize for a moment. I'm going to give uh, Amelia an opportunity here to... Uh, okay, so she rolled a natural one to, to mount back up onto Skarmory's neck. So now she's kind of like sliding <laughs> sliding down Skarmory's neck, holding on to these um, to these reins that she was... Can I reach down to give her like a grip to, to, bring, to bring her back? Since uh, I've gotten such a good grip on uh, Skarmory now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll just do, uh, I guess, slide a hand. That works. I'm okay with that. Okay, quick. All right. Uh, 16. Yeah, so you're actually, you don't actually grab Amelia, but you are able to reach kind of the reins and kind of give them a good pull. Um, And that gives her enough leverage to kind of swing one of her arms up and over the neck, and she clambers back up. Uh, But the winds are picking up again. Um, Give me another um, acrobatics check to see if you can maintain kind of your yourself on the skarmory and keep it keep nice. it uh, going in the correct direction all right oh that's an eight um, a two i rolled a two the skarmory has kind of uh fallen back out of that kind of good air pocket that's taking you in the correct direction you start bucking a little bit um give me an animal handling check uh but um give you put only like minus two to it okay so, all right, so plus six, minus two, plus four instead. That's a 22, 18. Yes, uh, so you're, despite you being shaky on the Skarmory's back, you're actually able to keep it itself um, really well positioned. I'm going to do an animal handling check for Amelia, and that's a natural 20. So Hell yeah. now that she's back <laughs> on, on the Skarmory's neck... Um, she again kind of uses this almost like cracking uh, like a, uh, an egg in one hand where you like knock it on the bowl and open it with one hand. That's kind of how she operates her Pokeball. So she's able to do other things with her free hand and it's not just tossing nice. it. So she kind of bops it on the net and cracks it open. And uh, the Pelipper <laughs> flies backwards as it's just immediately <laughs> shot in this pocket of air. Uh, but the Pelipper roars back. And she's able to command it to stay close and actually tethers um, the reins around the Pelipper like you're used to seeing and um, kind of extends it and gives it as much slack as possible and loops it around the front of the Skarmory. So the Skarmory is getting balanced and now you're going to have an extra plus two on your dexterity check, but she still needs the other one on... uh, she still needs the other Pelipper to, to keep this Skarmory buzzing at a good pace and battling through these winds so you guys can can get there in one piece. So um, give me another uh, acrobatics check. Acrobatics, okay. Jeez, this is a fucking wild ride. Uh, that is a 20... Well, do I get plus two to my decks? Or what did yeah, you say? Yeah, an additional plus two. Yep. Oh shit! Okay, so that's a twenty-five. Seamless. So yeah. you are you, you're you're so comfortable now on the Skarmory. You understand kind of how to control it without the reins, but kind of using its uh its just natural motions and uh it, its body shifts. Um, that you don't need to do an animal handling check. You're kind of in tune with it now. Um, and this provides uh Amelia another animal handling check with advantage. Nice. So that's okay. So that's a twenty-one for her. So she's able to kind of rinse and repeat the same thing. She cracks that Pokeball open. The Pelipper kind of flies out and just fires backwards. <laughs> but catches back up. 
And uh, she puts the, the reins on and, and loops it around Skarmory's neck. Uh, she kind of clambers back and says, oh, great job. You'd make a, make a pretty good uh, flying Pokemon trainer. And she kind of shifts you back on the Skarmory a little bit as she kind of takes the reins again. You keep pressing forward. The, the winds are, are, are tough, but Skarmory is able to, to keep its balance. The Pelipper is really kind of doing their job and pulling their weight. Um, and you feel that you're kind of moving as fast as you were before uh, when Skarmory was in the good wind moving on its own. You've kind of retained uh, or regained that speed. As you continue, the, the ocean keeps sprawling out, but you can kind of see a couple uh, lighthouses um, ahead of you kind of where maybe land used the land used to end but now it's kind of the lighthouses stand surrounded by water as where the lighthouses represented maybe the next coast um have now are now kind of represent like beacons in the middle of the ocean uh Mm, give me a perception check all right that is a 13 um, on, on these, uh, lighthouses, the two of them, you see scrawled on the side, um, and kind of withering paint, uh, Cherry Grove City. So, you know, you're, you're, you're probably getting close. Um, you don't really notice. They kind of seem lifeless to you, the lighthouses. Um, and Amelia will also do a perception check. She got on 11. So, um... She, she's she's in the same way. They kind of look lifeless. She sees that, you know, she knows we're, that's kind of we're getting close uh, to what your destination is. And uh, you guys breeze past the, the lighthouse, kind of see the ocean still kind of um, where it may have flooded into the city a little bit. Um, and suddenly the, the lighthouses fire two spotlights onto the Skarmory. Oh, shit. Um, they have power? Or is that, hmm, okay. To answer your question, Cherry Grove City is the coastal city of Johto. So, um, ah, okay, the, so they would be on a different power source than what we left in Kanto. Got it. So okay. the, the spotlights come on, and just like your reaction, Amelia's, shit, uh, we got to get out of sight. <laughs> and, the, and she just banks the Skarmory down. And she goes, we'll try and hide out in these hills and caves. And she just makes a beeline and tr- tries to do some evasive maneuvers. Uh, to kind of stay uh, out of the way of the light. Uh, give me an animal handling check. Shit. Okay. Uh, Twelve. Um, so you, you're you're able... You guys are pretty good at staying out of the light, bopping back and forth. You're, uh, you're twelve, uh, along with her animal handling, uh, allow you to manage a pretty deft escape of staying out of that main source of light from when it initially hit you and spotted you. She uh, she careens the Skarmory down into these hills and caves, and land, lands the Skarmory kind of between uh, in between two hills. Uh, and she just turns to you and is like, "We're gonna have to hide here for a bit, and you know, give things time to cool down. We don't want them following us to the hideout." She reaches into her pouch, uh, into a pouch on her belt, and tosses uh, kibble-like food on the ground. Eat up, team. You guys earned it. And the Skarmory and Pelipers just start kind of like pecking at this uh, kibble-like food. I'm going to need you to give me another perception check. Okay. (laughs) It's a natural one. I don't see shit. Uh, Yes. So that's good. Uh, Good. So you're just, uh, you're sitting there next to Amelia. Just watching the Pokemon eat, just kind of drinking in, relaxing a little bit. 
June is just so shook from being in the air for so long. The past like 24 hours seems like it's been in the air and she's never done that ever before. So she's just kind of trying to shake off all these nerves, not seeing anything, not noticing anything. Um, so, uh, you know, as, uh, as you're sitting there and the Pokemon are kind of eating, um, you, 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 Amelia just kind of takes a seat on, uh, we'll say a, a, a rock that's just kind of embedded on the hill and just kind of lets out a sigh. Um, and this is kind of just an open moment for you to, to, to talk to Amelia if you'd like. Okay. Um, so yeah, June watching, you know, the Skarmory and Pelipper, uh, eat up. Um, she remembers her own Pokemon. Can't remember the last time they eat. So she releases Aaron and Machop to kind of like join them in grub time or whatever. And she turns uh, to Amelia and she says, um, so Joda, so w- is the headquarters in Cherry Grove? Is that where we're going? Or the, the new Void headquarters? Uh, she kind of thinks for a second. She goes, uh, it's technically not new. It's just where uh, where we do our operations out of uh out of Johto, and it's it's not quite a Cherry Grove city. Uh, it's a little bit further west than that. Uh, once we get past these caves, we'll um, we'll, we'll we'll find it. It's called the it's called the Union, is is what we call the Johto headquarters. But we're not too far now. I just want to make sure that we let things cool down a little bit before we get there, because uh, losing two hideouts in twenty four hours, I don't think will bode too well for our longevity. Yeah, I mean, the things happen pretty quickly, but do you know how they found us? How they figured out our hideout so quickly? I mean, I I I honestly don't know. Um it might be you know, the the raised commotion. Uh I mean, we aren't necessarily far from one of the things that you guys discovered, you know, the um at Fort Cinnabar. We're not necessarily far, but remaining quiet and moving in and out stealthily uh has always worked to our advantage and maybe just that mass uh situation that happened at a power plant that required us to mobilize so many people maybe that was a red flag maybe that that's what sent up the the signal but we i i honestly don't have the 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 concrete answer for you that's just my guess so i mean i know our goal was to find out information about the power plant obviously that went awry and you know shit went down now the whole region is out of power is that did we do more i just can't shake the feeling that we did more harm than good i can't shake that feeling either i don't know that that i don't i don't think anywhere on the plans that that was laid out but again (laughs) i i i look at i I look at what i do and i can say that you know i got as many people out of there as safely as possible using my pokemon and uh you know i was told to get you here in one piece so i hopefully we can get that accomplished too yeah, there's got to be another source of power. I can't believe they were actually using Pokemon. To think of all the electricity I've used and, you know, now that I know that Pokemon are companions and not just, well, I don't know what, I didn't know what they were, but they're they're more than just slave labor, that's for sure. She, she walks over to Skarmory when you says that, it's like, you know, it's all about forging the relationship. That's how I've been able to throw all my trust into my Pokemon and they truly trust me. Um, they trust me to when I, I use the Pelipper to take you somewhere, they trust me enough to know that I'm putting them in safe hands. And uh, that's a two-way street. So I, I definitely believe Pokemon are more important than uh, 
person-based tasks to prop up whatever we might need in the immediate without necessarily considering other options. I'm with you. Yeah, I guess that's guess that's what this is all about, right? I think I'm trying to finally understand Void's mission. Let me, uh, you say Void's mission. Let me uh, spin your yarn. This is uh, some some things that have been kind of going through the the rumor mill uh, since your all's excursion uh, and the the link you made between that kid at uh, Dunright Foods and the face on Poyen. I heard that it, there was like a war involved with all the regions like 200 years ago or something. And the like the result of that war was the Pokemon population just diving, um, you know, and because because of them diving, you know, factories and skyscrapers slowly were getting built all across, uh, you know, all across all the regions. So not only like like I don't know, did that cause the Pokemon's population to dive because we were taking away all the habitat? So Calvin, the guy whose face is on the Poyen, yeah, he's the founder of the Region World Order, and that's the the government. And if the kid that you saw looks like him, then maybe like we think that's like a relation. Well, the kid at Geneva was telling us that the kid looks like his. Well, I don't know if his grandpa, but his great grandfather that that headed some kind of industrial, you know, the the things that run the world, Everest Industries. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Cal, like, because Calvin has to was the son of the founder of Everest Industries, and he was also the founder of the Region World Order, and I think all of that came from that war that happened between the regions so this war do you know why it started i i don't know why it started i just we just started piecing that together interesting hmm. well so a war started within the regions and the new world order came as a result of that calvin who started the world new world order was the son of the person who runs Everest Industries. Generations later, we have this Max kid who we met who looks like the guy on the bill, which you said is the guy from the New World Order. So somewhere in there, it seems like there's ties to Everest Industries and the government, and they're working hand in hand. I mean, that's the conclusion I guess I could come to. That makes... I mean, that links up, right? Um, because uh, there's yeah, there's a rumor that when that when Calvin was starting the Region World Order, his, the family still was running Avarice at the same time. So maybe his his son was doing that? Or maybe hmm. his kid was doing that? So do you think... Uh, do you think... If Avarice is an industrial company they would benefit from some kind of catastrophic world event that would result in people depending on that kind of technology. The the elimination of Pokemon, the death of Pokemon, 
would put everyone's source of what they need in the hands of industry machines i mean that makes sense this is fucked up i mean because i never knew there was a link between avarice i mean i knew there was a link between avarice and the government just because you see them everywhere but i didn't i didn't think they would be intertwined i kind of thought they like worked in parallel you know yeah weird yeah seems doesn't seem right but i know i you know this max character is running around i don't know what his ties are i you know we can only make assumptions but he is actively involved because we saw him at fort cinnabar so what if the like child of whomever is running the rwo the region world order what if like their kids are like the shadow heads of like avarice you know what I mean? Like separate, but not really just pretending to be separate. Maybe that's part of it. So it's a family affair. Like we're not a fit. Like we're not affiliated with avarice. We're the government that's avarice. But in reality, like, Hey, my kid or whatever, like my brother is running avarice while I'm running the government. And that way all our interests are in line. Yeah, that makes total sense. Because then how else do you explain how avarice is in every different, in almost every part of our lives from food to utilities? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that, that makes complete sense to me. They got to be in close ties together. We, I need to get the other part of the story. I need to talk to, I guess, Geneva Astio now. I need to talk to Astio and see uh, maybe where she got her information. That's the thing. It's just a rumor mill. It's just a rumor mill. Uh, June, give me a perception check. That is a 24. Um, While while you guys are kind of going back and forth, you catch out of the corner of your eye um, a a small bird Pokemon that bounced uh, kind of to the edge where one piece of kibble... um, had rolled uh, maybe further away than the rest, and it's kind of like on the edge of all the Pokemon. You're wa- a Pokemon, a bird poke, yeah. not just a bird. It's clearly a Pokemon. Yep, your watch fires up. Yeah, Fletchling. These friendly Pokemon send signals to one another with beautiful chirps and tail feather movements. Amelia, what? Look, that's not that's not a normal bird. My fucking watch just went off. There's a Pokemon here. Do, do you think there's? A bunch of Pokemon in Johto? She just she looks around and goes, huh, hiding in these hills and caves probably provided the little one with great cover. I've never seen a wild Pokemon before. Do you, do you have any extra void balls? Maybe you should try and catch it. Yeah, June, uh, June is reaching into her bag to try to get that. I have one more empty Pokemon or Pokeball left. Um, so she kind of reaches down and grips it and uh, just is frozen solid holding it at her side. And she says, I, I've... I, what do I do? I've never done this before. And she looks at you and she shrugs her shoulders. She's like, uh, weaken it first, I guess. You think if I weaken it? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Maybe it'll be easier to catch. Okay. Uh, I'm a chop. You're up. And she, uh, brings Aaron back into the pokeball and, um, I guess calls over Machop quietly. She doesn't want to spook the thing, but I guess it looks kind of comfortable eating the food, right? 
Yeah, it's 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 one piece that kind of we'll say rolled like 15 feet away from like the collective group. So mm-hmm. it just kind of like popped out and is like nibbling on just one little piece of kibble that rolled away from everybody. Okay. Else. She she shouts over to her, oh, she just quickly uh remarks over to Amelia, "Get get your scar skarmory. Make sure make sure the thing doesn't get away." And uh she, yeah, ready for battle with Machop. Uh roll initiative. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Joe Your June. Thank you for listening to episode 15, my one-on-one with Kirk. Hope you're enjoying the episode. I uh, hope you're enjoying the campaign. If you are, there's a different there's a bunch of different ways to get involved with the community. You can join our Discord, you can join our subreddit. Um, uh, we have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter account. Uh, lots of different ways to kind of join in with fans and community members and people that love you mean the tavern and D&D in general. So go check those out. All the links to that are in the episode description. There's also links to our Redbubble store and the system, all the monster manuals and um, player's handbook for this Pokemon 5e uh, system that I created and that we're playing. So if you want to check that out, just look at the episode description, a bunch of awesome information there. Um, right now, I want to give a special, special shout out to our Patreon subscribers. These are people that donate uh, money to the show to support us, to keep us going, um, especially those $10 or more master trainers. Get a bunch of access to uh, videos, music. Um, any you know our whole recordings of the show in video form unedited so if you're interested in that go on to patreon.com slash ymia tavern so thank you to andre k rip the cord darth nate rockin r's woodshop holly roxana strive for honor jello crew tarkin davis devlin brinson dead ghoul john joe prod prudhom gosh joe i keep saying this name but i feel like i mess it up every week let me know if i did uh eric mathis nicholas Hedinger, patrick smith zach gunther ben fisher joshua harris takiera mercado cubicle pirate john dwyer dana story eyeless the friar craig spaulding joseph vidimos caitlin harvey robert gregory garrett johnson joey balboa spoopy fondue sam J. O. melton brandon galbraith fumbles o'brien charles hollow 8-Bit Wizard, Raver E. Alice, Chris Nelson, Grant Trickle, Joshua McKee, Liquor Locker, Kendall Brock, Mark Deacon, Matthew Watson, Super Average Jason, Mark Albright, and Adam Hoffling. Thank you all so, so, so much for supporting the show, keeping us going. Um, we appreciate all your support, and thank you for listening. So, enjoy the rest of these this uh, little short of an episode, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, peace out. That is an eight. Okay. Um, And I've got a nine, but you'll have the first action because Mm -hmm. of just, you'll have kind of essentially a surprise round on Fletchling. Okay. Sweet. Uh, All right. So uh, she calls over Machop. She says, all right, Machop, uh, we need to catch that Pokemon. We don't, you know, there's a lot of bad people out here that want to kill these things. It's going to be safest with us. Uh, It's going to become one of us. All right. So, it's gonna suck, but I, I need you to weaken it so that we could catch it. It's gonna be safer than it than it would be. And he kind of nods and uh, he starts to pump himself up 
using focus energy. So he kind of does like the choose a character battle <laughs> scene where he's kind of like bouncing up and down, bouncing up and down. And um, this kind of glow around him, these these green orbs start to kind of circle him and you can tell his muscles are kind of pulsing and getting stronger and bigger. And that uh, increases my crit range by one. Okay. Um, the fletchling catches out of its eye. It sees... Um it sees the Machop kind of, you know, g- g- building a little bit of energy and that its attention isn't on the food anymore, but uh, on uh, Fletchling itself. And the Fletchling, um, the Fletchling uses agility. Nice. And it'll hone its abilities and feel a surge of speed course through its veins. It increases its movement speed during sto- uh, during this du- duration. Um, so it might be firing itself up for an escape here, uh, but it is Machop's turn. Okay, sweet. So now uh, she's, she sees the Fletchling getting ready for battle and she kind of smiles just knowing that it's tough and its immediate response was to kind of get pumped up a fight and she's excited. She's like, all right, Randy, get it with a, get it with a chop. And Randy rushes forward and extends an arm high up in the air to try to come down with a vicious karate chop. Okay. And that is a 20, not natural. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to hit the little bird. 28 plus 2, that's 9 damage, 9 fighting damage. And I want to kind of keep an eye on the bird to make sure that I'm not trying to knock it out. Just kind of wait until the moment I see that it's getting tired. Um, that, uh, it being a wild Pokemon and that vicious uh, chop from, from uh, Randy Machop uh, really actually knocked a lot of wind out of it and it's you, with its agility it starts uh it starts uh dashing for an escape uh so you'll have a, a an attack of opportunity here or a, a turn of opportunity uh because it is uh, okay. winded not feeling the situation wow. and it being a wild pokemon maybe it's gone through a little bit more stresses than just a Pokemon that's able to be healed and kept safe and captive. So uh, feeling a little run down from the elements, maybe. All right, sweet. So she says, nice job, Randy. All right. Sorry, little guy. And she takes her Pokeball and tosses it as close as she can, pushing the button as she does uh, to the Fletchling. So explain the catch roll for everybody at home, because I tried to do yeah. it. I, I did it uh, in Jamal's episode, and I believe I did it pretty poorly. Uh, so I think <laughs> I think people would serve it would it would serve people well for you to to say it. Yeah, yeah. So in the games, obviously, you get a better chance, better probability of catching a Pokemon if uh, it's got like a like a status condition, or you know, the lower its HP is, the higher your probability goes up. So um, in this system, when you roll a catch throw, it's basically just an animal handling check. And it goes against a DC that's calculated. There's a number of effects that go into it. It's uh, there's it's math related, so it's based off of total HP. You get advantage if it, there's a status condition, um, and it goes against uh, something else. I forget. Oh, it's level and it's species rating. So that's all calculated on the back end in the app that Kirk has. So he's got a DC, and I've got to beat that with a normal animal handling check. So I get plus six to my animal handling, which is dope. And I rolled a nine. So it's 15. Does a 15 just snags this Fletchling? Uh, Tell tell everybody at home how that looks. Yeah. So June throws it at the Fletchling. With a 15, I think it it lands a bit short, but it just goes ding. 
dink, bounces off a rock and rolls up next to it. And the fletchling kind of cocks its head and looks at the ball. And then all of a sudden you just hear, and this energy comes comes out and grabs the fletchling and lifts it up into the air and then sucks it inside. And the ball uh, shakes once, shakes twice, and shakes three times and clicks. You see your watch immediately like... Uh, kind of fire up and it just kind of says like it has like a little processing screen and it just says uh, Fletchling registered and you have caught yourself a level four Fletchling damn nice um, with minus uh, minus two loyalty okay and Uh, so wait a second so that's standard but because of my commander uh, trainer path I get a plus one to loyalty automatically. So is it a minus one? Yes. So yeah, it's a minus one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then it's um, traits or it's trait is clumsy. Clumsy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. And then uh, what are its stats? I guess mm-hmm. it's uh, do you have its? Um, yeah. So I'm just going to tell you the moves, but uh, the stats, uh, if you just do a generated one from level one, move it up to four. Okay. Um, cool. And then the attacks it has are quick attack, tackle, peck, and agility. And you'll have a couple more to pick from, but those are the ones that it starts with. Quick t- okay. Quick attack, tackle, peck, and agility. Sick. So I, I'm gonna. I made. It, I brought it up to level four, which gives me, I guess, two points to add. I'll just add it to its dex and con. Okay. Unless you had that already in there. Nope, uh, I'm going to let you do that. I'd like to at least give you some a little customizable options based on love it. Uh, your love Pokemon it. there. So Sweet. Um, I love Fletchling. I love Talonflame. Joe, real quick, to kind of bookend this episode, why don't you tell us about your uh, leveling options that you made um, from episode 12? Okay, yes. Yeah. So we were given six total Pokemon levels or five total uh, it Pokemon was levels four, and you couldn't put them all into one Pokemon. Well, okay. That's right. So what I did was I gave, um, I wanted to get some new moves. So bud was at level three and, and Randy was at level one. So I gave bud three levels to get him to six and I gave Randy one level to get him to two. Uh, bud then learned the move protect and iron head. So I have Protect, Iron Head, Bud Slap, and Rock Tomb, and I also gave it a little bit more strength, and then Randy learned um, Foresight and Karate Chop. So another fighting-type move, and then another move that kind of gives me some bonuses to attacks if I want it. Uh, and then, so that was, and then Randy also at level two, no, that was it, just a new move. So, and then um, I also got, as a commander, I leveled up my trainer we leveled up to five and for commander when you get to five i forget so i have to look this up i get what's called follow me which i kind of applied into this episode um any time you catch a new pokemon you get that pokemon gains one plus one to loyalty so instead of the minus two that i would have gotten it got a minus one Excellent. So, uh, uh, Amelia's like, nice going. Like I said before, you, you'd make a pretty good flying trainer. And, uh, she says, let's get on the move. And she, uh, she puts away Pelipper and Skarmory. She's like, we're going to stay low over the hills, uh, until we get to HQ. And she hops on and, uh, waits for you to, to gather your things, get Randy Machop and, uh, your new fletchling settled in. 
and waits for you to take off. She rushes up to Machop, gives him a little head rub, say, nice work, Randy, you did it. And um, she said, we're going to take back to the skies, so let's keep you safe. And she returns Randy back to his Pokeball, proudly picks up Fletchling, um, thinking in her head already about what she's going to call him or her. Is it a female or a male? I guess I didn't ask that. Um, it is a female. All right. Uh, so picks her up and tosses her in her pocket and rushes over and hops on the Skarmory ready to go. The Skarmory kicks off the ground with no delay and um, maybe in a little bit of excitement. It just got fed. It's feeling energized or at least it's not battling harsh winds anymore. It kind of lets out this uh, this screech that that kind of bounces around through all the hills and kind of gets lost in the night as you guys make your way south towards the Johto Void Headquarters, the Union. Mm-hmm.